Welcome to The Read Along, a mini book club for your ears. A proud member of the Alberta Podcast Network, powered by ATB. I'm your host, Scott. I'm your other host, Anita. And join us on a journey through a good book, one, one chapter, chapter at, at a time. time. This episode of The Read Along is brought to you by Skirts of Fire, Edmonton's only multidisciplinary arts festival featuring and elevating the work of women. This year's festival is bigger than ever with venues in Old Strathcona, downtown Edmonton, and Alberta Avenue. Among the highlights are the Dorina Harvey Band and other live music and cabaret shows at the Station on Jasper, as well as music, dance, drumming, and performance art all along Alberta Avenue. Skirts of Fire takes place from February 27th to March 8th. Festival passes are on sale now for just $38. That get you into the Blue Hour, one evening performance at the station on Jasper, and as many by-donation events as you like. You can also buy tickets directly for the Blue Hour. If you use the offer code PANEL5, you can get $5 off the regular price. Get your tickets today at skirtsoffire.com. That's skirtsoffire.com. Welcome back. Yes, hello. Yeah, now... For those of you listening to the show, there has been a largely uninterrupted stream of episodes. But full disclosure, uh, we read this chapter two weeks ago. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, we were trying to put a couple of episodes uh, in the bank. And we succeeded. Yes. uh, In putting a couple episodes in the bank. And then something happened. Uh, and we weren't able to record the chapter 13 episode until now, which is two weeks after we last recorded. Because we had a baby. Because we had a baby. Uh, Nita was super pregnant for the past many episodes, but we just hadn't brought it up. Remember when I had all those colds? Yeah, it's because I couldn't take any cold medication. Because of the being super pregnant. Because of the being pregnant part. Yeah, so uh, we had a baby. and She's asleep behind us. Everything's fine. Yeah, and uh, so now we have a family of four. Yay! Congrats us. Um, And we're recording several weeks after having read the chapter. But uh, conveniently, so bear with us. conveniently at the same time that you would have caught up to it. Yeah, so and, we're okay. And to be clear, we were not breaking any of our own rules. While we were recording episodes early, we were reading the chapter, then recording before we read any yeah. subsequent no, chapters. There was still no reading ahead. There so was still reading, recording, reading, recording. We were still following our rules yeah. of reading one chapter still at a time. Still no spoilers. Indeed. So now with that said, a quick recap of chapter 12, partly just for us so that we so long ago. get back to where we were. Uh, the climax occurred as Thompson is taken from his attempt to arson Kirkland's headquarters uh, to an almost immediate attempt at an execution that is interrupted spectacularly. Oh, yes. I went on and on about uh, uh, Laurie's, Sarah Laurie's uh, terrible fashion choices. Indeed. And then Owen brings the cavalry. Yay! Saves the day, and Thompson is whisked away to the hospital. and Inches from death. Pretty much. But that uh, essentially leads us into chapter 13 of The Municipalists by Seth Freed. So Thompson is quickly transported to the ICU at the Metropolis Medical Center. and Oh, yeah. Sirens blazing. Yeah. Medical personnel dashing about. And in between lapses in consciousness, he's mildly horrified to see Owen 
looking like a doctor, ordering people around and telling him how to treat his injuries. Okay, granted, he's just trying to help. Yeah, but... Owen is, Owen is being Owen and trying to help. I would also be concerned because, as history has shown us, WebMD is not <laughs> something you should be relying on. And it's Owen, very true. Never Owen, look it up. Owen is basically just WebMD, except personified. Well, uh, kind of. Fortunately, Owen is a bit better than a search engine, a little. Uh, <laughs> and Thompson's doctor actually does later credit him with probably having saved his life. It probably. So that's good and probably lucky. Yeah. So in the aftermath of uh, nearly dying, Thompson is informed that he should mend for the most part overall. Uh, he might need a cane for a while due to a fractured knee. Owen is super jealous. Okay. So then Owen completely misses the point of a cane. Yeah. Like doesn't know how this is supposed to work. At all. Well, he's he, like, oh, it's it's a partner thing. It's what we do. Oh, no. It's it's it, a timeshare. It's he, he sees it as a fashion accessory and not as a medical necessity. Yes. And he's like, well, we can't just both be walking around with canes. We'll look we, like we'll, we'll look, look super douchey. Silly. Yeah. And uh, Henry has to politely remind him that uh, he needs a cane, whereas Owen does not need a cane. And he's. Uh, doing it wrong. Yeah. Thompson ends up spending three weeks in hospital. Um, and Owen hangs out with him the whole time. Which is sweet. Being super his friend. They watch movies together, which he projects onto the hospital room wall. Right? That's he awesome. orders pizzas to the room. He orders Thompson a new suit to go back to Suitland in. Having just briefly put in a, a short stint in a hospital, that would have been great. So you could have just asked for me to order you a pizza. Yeah, but you can't project movies onto the wall. No, I do not possess that technical capability. Right? That would have been cool. We did have a little TV in the room. Yeah. It's not the same. No, it's not the same. Anyway. Caught a lot of Food Network, though. Uh, Thompson also studiously avoids the awkward conversation he knows is coming. Yeah. About the future of their partnership. Yeah. We'll we'll get there. Um, Owen also takes the opportunity to finally explain exactly what happened from his side of events while Thompson was off committing arsons. Uh, Owen, in in what I have come to know as Owen's particular style, has gone on this weird roundabout adventure. Yeah, now, we kind of posited what must have happened from his perspective yeah, we last were episode. taking guesses. And we weren't far off, but we eh. we went in a straight line and Owen did not go in a straight no, line. No, Owen went very much in circles. Yeah. Owen kind of spiraled around. <laughs> yeah. he. Uh, so first of all, he called city maintenance office, basically. Yeah. People who he assumed would have keys to get to the area that he was stowed in in the tunnel mm -hmm. and had a maintenance worker sent out to retrieve him. And that maintenance worker in a truly petty moment reported that he did not find the tie clip and threw it out the window after retrieving yeah. it. Having <laughs> that's too much work. Being upset that he was called out at all hours of the night to retrieve something that he saw as... Like, truly trivial. Truly trivial. Yeah. As luck would have it, Owen landed in an alley where an old woman discovered him, and he pretended to be a genie to get her to call <laughs> the police. Very Owen. And granted her three wishes, which he has apparently, to his credit, since granted. Yes, yes, for a washing machine and a dryer. And then she wanted them to be new. Yeah. Um, and then Owen also threw in a little money to be nice. 
Because deep down in his programming, Owen is a good computer slash guy. Yeah. She did return him to the police as promised, and he pretended to be a looping message to get the police to hand him over to the FBI. Like, I am the property of the FBI. Please hand me over to the FBI. <laughs> please, please give me to the FBI. And then he told the FBI that he was a piece of their experimental material yes. to get them on board with what he had discovered and to get them to contact the National Guard to help him finish the mission. Right. They then tracked down Kirkland's arms dealer because, well, Thompson was like, I'm going to track down where Kirkland was sending these suits. The FBI and Owen were like, we should find out where Kirkland was sending the guns. Yeah. Because their brains work different. But both valid tactics. And both the exact same tactic. Yeah. Just from a different Just angle. two different items. Yeah. And uh, so Kirkland was getting his weapons from a 19-year-old boy who was living in his parents' basement. Because, of course, he was. Uh, and when the feds showed up at his door, he just, like, instantly spilled the beans. Yeah. Can you imagine being 19 years old and being raided by the FBI? Yeah. I no. would have peed myself. He, he did a bad thing, and he immediately turned over on Kirkland. And he probably got arrested in front of his mom. Yep. But before the FBI and the National Guard could raid both sites, which they were going to do, one of them exploded. Weird. Yeah, crazy, huh? Yeah. So they ended up uh, raiding the other one, and uh, he had confided in Agent Boyle, who was the lead FBI lady, who he was on her tactical helmet last chapter, uh, to leave him with Thompson, who they hadn't expected to find at the site of the raid. He thought they would have to go track down Thompson later. Well, yeah, because he didn't know where he was. But then he turned out to be at Kirkland's headquarters attempting to burn it down. Yeah. So kind of worked out. Yeah. Yeah. So convenient, if not terrifying. Yeah. So that's uh, that was the adventure that Owen had behind the yeah, scenes. Yeah, so Owen goes on this super roundabout adventure. Very Owen. They head back to Suitland. They're quietly welcomed back by Garrett and Klaus because, of course, their mission was a secret. Super secret. Very under the board. I know. You can't celebrate something that didn't happen. Yeah. And so they're taken into a private debriefing. And here... Here, Thompson breaks my heart. Yeah, he uh, super betrays Owen at this moment. Yeah. And I was... I was affronted. <laughs> I was like, Thompson, how could you? Especially after Owen spent three weeks just being his pal. Yeah. While he recuperated. Right? And then oh, then Thompson immediately sells him down the river. Just, uh, and I, I can see how this would have been like a huge dilemma if it were, if it were me, right? I would want my friend fixed because he's infected. Mm-hmm. He's got a virus. At the same time, he's my friend. I don't want him deleted. Yeah. Henry didn't seem to dwell on that for very long. He was like, look, Owen's broken. He's got to go. I was like, how could you? Yeah. he. Oh, my heart. He tries to tell himself that Owen's not really real and his friendship isn't really real. Because he's, as we joked in like chapter two or three, oh, he's not a people. Even though he's clearly demonstrated that he is a people. And so he's just like, so Owen was instrumental in helping me crack this case. He will be a tremendous asset to agents in the field moving forward. However, he's also super infected with Kirkland's virus still and needs to be deleted and and rebooted. And Owen is clearly heartbroken. Klaus is obviously upset by this. And Garrett's just like, we will take that under advisement. And this is where I get all confused in the feels. So Thompson, as we've established over and over again is bad at people. He is he has now demonstrated that he is so bad at people that he can't even handle a not people. He's he's bad at he virtual people. He can't even handle a fake person. He by all accounts, by all rights, he should be 
fine with dealing with Owen because Owen isn't people, but he's still, he's so bad at social interactions that he can't even handle a fake person. I'm going to disagree with you fundamentally. Very good. Because Owen isn't really a fake people, is he? He's demonstrated that he's, that he's people. He's made decisions. He's acted irrationally at points. Mm -hmm. He's made the kind of mistakes people can make. He's demonstrated that he's people during the course of this story. Fair enough. And Thompson knows that on a deep fundamental level. He makes the choice in the moment to protect who he sees as his real family, us miss, at the expense of Owen. And even after that, he feels like a heel about it. And later on, he ruminates on if he made a selfish decision. And this is getting a little ahead of ourselves in the chapter. But he legitimately goes... Did I tell them to delete Owen because I knew that if Owen was allowed to continue to develop, he would eventually realize that I'm not worth being friends with. And so I had him deleted so that I can save myself from rejection later on from him. So he's still really bad at people. It, it was a, he, he begins to wonder if it was a super selfish decision. I think it was. I agree. It was a terrible decision. Thompson made a bad call. Let me let me rephrase on my rant then to to clarify because I do agree with you okay. in your disagreement with me. It's not that I don't view Owen as a person and other and he's not written as a person because he is. He's mm-hmm. written very much as a person. It's inside Henry's head. Owen is not a person. That he's just a computer program. Yeah. But that's and, oh, and and Thompson is so bad at people that he can't even wrap around like this artificial person as a person. Well, he's He's conflicted on it because his rational brain is telling him Owen's just a computer program and his heart is telling him Owen is my friend and he lets his rational brain win out. Sometimes the rational brain shouldn't win. Yeah. Yeah, that's probably the case. Just should saying. have should have gone with his gut on this one. Agreed. Or he's he's never had a, a as good a friend before? Well, no, he objectively has not. Okay, yes. <laughs> <laughs> and uh he doesn't know what that kind of guilt feels like until after. Oh, he does now. That's what I mean. Until after it all happens, and then he's like, oh, that was terrible of me. I'm I'm horrible. So the good news is Garrett's job is safe. Uh, the Oversight Committee withdraws their request for his resignation because Kirkland's actions were exposed, and he was brought to yes. justice. Uh, Thompson is put back to work in his more or less usual duties, but um, there's... Kind of the implication that he may have quietly been given a promotion because suddenly he's got like a team of agents working under him. Well, didn't he have a team before? He was working with some people, but I get the impression that he was uh, not necessarily like senior, if that makes sense. Oh, okay. Yeah, right. Like, Like he was working within a team, but now it seems like he has a team, if that makes sense. Okay. Yeah, I could be mistaken. He might have had a team at the beginning. Well, I'm not sure. I don't know if it was explicitly stated. That was many weeks ago. It was. So many weeks ago. Indeed. One of the first things Thompson is sent off on almost immediately is to make a new central bus depot in South Bend. (laughs) And uh, while he's very proud of the work that they end up doing, he's also in the back of his mind wondering what Owen would be saying about this. Like, after the adventure we just had, this is what you're doing next? Seriously? Really? You go from (laughs) explosions to a bus terminal? Ooh, look at that fancy mosaic tile. Woo! Good work. Like slow, slow, sarcastic clap. Yep. Uh, after several days, perhaps a couple weeks of yeah, not, of working there, I don't it's a think little they unclear exactly how long it is. Long um, enough. The, he he ends up taking his team out to the bar for celebratory 
drinks. He's clearly loosened up a bit. He's since we're socializing. With I was proud. Yeah, and uh, he's not socializing great, and he hey, feels a little out of place. Better but... than nothing. And uh, he sees someone at the bar. Yeah, I don't understand the point of this interaction. So he he sees Helen Roth, who uh, was the lady with the braid that he remembered. She was one of Kirkland's people that yep. he remembered from before she was one of Kirkland's people. Yep. He, he admired like a, a talk that she had given. Yeah. Now, at first, he's a little concerned that this is like Kirkland's people are still afoot, that maybe he's seeing her because she's been after him. That there's going to be a bar fight. But then it from her... Like demeanor from the way she's disguised, he quickly realizes the horror oh, in her eyes when she when, recognizes him. Yeah, he realizes, oh, she's on the run. Like yeah. the the members of Kirkland's group who weren't snatched up are are lying low right now. Yeah, and he actually even lets her get away rather than exposing her, though she does tell him to go to hell. In Esperanto, you're wondering what that what that encounter was about. Yeah, why? Because why put it in otherwise? Well, it, it shows a little bit more denouement for what's going on with Kirkland's people. And it also yeah. gives him the impetus for what comes next. Yeah, all right. In the chapter. Okay, okay. Because um, he also sees Kirkland on the TV, uh, apparently declaring his war with the government will never end, despite the fact that he himself has been taken into custody. So, super cool. And uh, he ends up excusing himself for the night after seeing this uh on the tv at the bar and having this encounter with uh with roth he decides he's had enough yeah and uh i'm done with people i've peopled out yeah and he he starts heading back to the hotel to uh to wind down with a couple drinks and some c-span um one little tidbit that comes out during this uh is also that he's using the old owen interface on his phone again which he never used to because he's actually kind of comforted by Owen's admittedly stripped down presence on the phone. He misses his friend. Because he misses his friend. And I know. He's, and he feels super guilty about what he right? did. He goes home, and even if he doesn't realize it, he is mourning the loss of this friendship. Like, yeah. He finally gets to that point. Yeah, and this is, I mean, this is even after Owen was rebooted. Because that happened while he was away on this assignment. He was invited to have, like, a final night with Owen, at Owen's request, no less. And he was like, can't do, I'm already in South Bend, bro. Ugh. So bad at people. So bad at people. So bad. So, uh, yeah. That's, uh, that's pretty much where he ends off that night. And he wakes up the next morning a little hungover. And, um, notes that he had written down Kirkland's message of war on the note that Roth had left him. And while he's grappling with his reason to betray Owen, it starts some gears moving in his head. Right? Yeah. And so he starts following up on something Kirkland left dangling at him at dinner, Mm -hmm. uh, which was how many of your requests to Garrett were getting turned down? And so he, when he gets back to Suitland, he actually pulls all those files because he now has a little bit more seniority. Yeah. He can pull that information now. So he does. And sure enough, Kirkland was 100% correct. Of course. The wealthier cities were getting their proposals checkmarked, while the poorer cities were kind of getting shuffled aside. And the notes include references to freezing. Freezing. I knew it would come back. As ordered by the mayor's office in cases where his proposals were being rejected. Kirkland's buzzword that he remembers from, again, all of Kirkland's spiels. So Thompson meets with Garrett about this. 
kind of confronts him about this. Any other protagonist would have stormed into Garrett's office, kicked down the door, and demanded answers. James Bond would have. Yeah. So Garrett is legit surprised Thompson doesn't understand what's going on. Like, legitimately, like, I just assumed you knew what this was about. And Thompson is like, well, obviously I don't. Please explain it to me. Mm -hmm. And so Garrett starts by mentioning that Usmus just can't sweep in and do stuff in a city. That's not the way it's done. And that would that would make cities stop allowing Usmus to do anything. It's true. They need approval. Their relationships with cities are important. And Thompson can't correlate what that means. Like, he's like, how does that not equal Usmus offering help to cities that need it? I don't get it. And so we get a lengthy monologue from Garrett at this point. Yeah. It's the bad guy was corrupt, good guys are also corrupt reveal. Right? I, don't, I don't think Garrett is necessarily corrupt. Well, but corrupt, you're right. Corrupt isn't quite the right word for it. He's definitely hamstrung. Yes. And it boils down to this. So if you make an area more attractive to the disenfranchised, you get a boom in lower income residents. This is what Garrett is explaining. And this in turn causes poverty rates to skyrocket. That makes an area even less desirable to wealthier residents who don't want to rub shoulders with the poors. And inevitably, some unscrupulous politician will use this as ammunition to get himself elected. And that shuts out Usmus from helping that city because they've ruined that city. Look at all the poor people who are here now. So now no one gets to benefit. Yeah. Uh, Garrett cites what's called Jevons' paradox. Yeah. I hope I said it right. Basically. And yeah, that's basically the, the premise of it. Uh, so Jevons' paradox is... In a nutshell, by making an improvement somewhere where it's genuinely needed, you invite the potential to have that improvement overutilized, and therefore neutralized isn't the right word for it either. Uh, it, it's counterproductive, basically. So Garrett's argument here is that it's better to compromise with the cities, work in what help they can, rather than be shut out and not be able to do anything to help at all. Yes, exactly. Thompson is outraged. Um, he yeah, is, he, he doesn't buy it. He's a company man, sure, but he legitimately thought the company was helping people. And now it's looking like maybe they're not helping people as much as they could or should be. And he calls Garrett to his face a coward and an agent of the status quo. Yeah. That rankles Garrett, who tells him to grow up to the reality of their job and their mission. And... Thompson goes to storm out and Garrett softens because Thompson is his yeah. is his protege and is like, listen, Thompson, Henry, guy, you're risking falling down the same hole Kirkland fell down and look what happened to him. So be careful, mm -hmm. like be careful following this train of reasoning, which which is a fair, a fair thing to say, even if it is kind of harsh. However, just because Thompson agrees with the same principles as Kirkland, it doesn't make Thompson a radical. No. And this is... is we've been, I've been saying this from the beginning. Even though I agree with Kirkland's principles, I don't agree with his methodology. No. And I think, I think this is where Thompson is going to shine for us. Well, I hope so. <laughs> I will say that. Uh, that's where the chapter ends. And yes. I'm, I was going to... I wanted to comment on that, actually. So it's good that you brought it up. Because I will be disappointed in this book if Thompson becomes Kirkland. If he, yeah. if he radicalizes and, and follows the same path, I will actually be disappointed in the ending of this novel. Yeah, me too. Um, because there's a better way. Well, because Kirkland's 
methods have been framed as bad this entire time. So for Thompson to embrace them would be a betrayal of that. Yeah. And also because Kirkland's methods were ultimately flawed. They failed. Yeah, Kirkland, it, didn't, it didn't work. Kirkland and Sarah Laurie failed. So Thompson is also in a unique position, though, because he is now at a crossroads where he recognizes that maybe Usmus is incapable of enacting the social good that he personally would like it to. But he's also seen how dangerous and misguided Kirkland's path is. He's seen both of those paths are potentially dead ends. So maybe he's the guy, with Owen's help perhaps, hoink, uh. to suss out the third path and find a way to do the good that he wants Usmus to do without doing the harm that the municipalists were doing. Right. That would be great. That would be the ending that I want to see for Henry. Me too. That's... And I will be disappointed if he does not follow that path. Seth Freed, looking at you, buddy. <laughs> looking at you. You've you've got time to retroactively. You've got <laughs> you've got time to fix this. No, no, no you don't, because the book is published. <laughs> no, but I I I don't know. I think that would be a, a letdown for Thompson's character if if he became Kirkland. No, I I agree with you. I would be disappointed if it just looped back into another radical person. But we should not assume that that is what will happen. And there is indeed a chapter left in this novel. Now, as we mentioned last episode, when we recorded it several weeks ago, we're coming up on the end of this novel, and that means that we're going to do the last chapter, and then after that, we do a full book club. We look at the whole book, from start to finish, we ask some questions about themes and setting and characters and whatnot. Uh, we'll play Anita's favorite game where we cast the... Cast that movie! Cast the movie of Woo! the book. And uh, then we'll also announce what our next novel is going to be. Um, at any rate, uh, you will want to read up on chapter 14 of our novel before next week so that we can uh, wrap this one up and get ready to go full book club mode on it. And uh, in the meantime, uh, you might want to check out the title supporter for the Alberta Podcast Network, that being ATB. They do uh, a great deal for us here at The Read Along and for all of our partner podcasts in the Alberta Podcast Network. So uh, maybe check out this thing that they do. Are you a creative professional? Check out ATB's branch for arts and culture. A bank, a music venue, and a creative space all in one. So whether you're a budding musician wanting advice on how to save for a new instrument, or an artist looking for a bank that understands how your business works, ATB can help. Visit atb.com slash thebranch to find out how ATB's branch for arts and culture can support your career in the arts. I'm legit becoming a fan. They do a lot of good stuff. They do. Big on the community. Yeah. I like that. Uh, you can also check out all the other members of the Alberta Podcast Network, powered by ATB, <laughs> at albertapodcastnetwork.com. Yes. Uh, you can check us all out at the CKUA radio app as well, where we're all graciously hosted. Yeah, wherever you find your apps. Uh, really, if you find a podcast in the Alberta Podcast Network that you really, really enjoy, like 99%, you're going to find it in the podcatcher of your choice. Yeah. Uh, you can also find us elsewhere on social media. Yes. Uh, the standard that I always rattle off, uh, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and Goodreads. Yeah, we're at the read-along and all of the above. Mm-hmm. You can send us an email if you want more characters than that. Indeed. We are the readalong at gmail.com. Yes. And with that said, as always, we'll see you next time.
thank you for joining us on The Read Along with your hosts, Anita and Scott Bourgeois, a proud member of the Alberta Podcast Network, powered by ATB. All Read Along music is by Kevin McLeod at Incompetech.com. Cover art is by Aaron Beaver. Be sure to join us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at The Read Along, and check out our group on Goodreads.com. 